Hey, Red. Hi there, Red. Welcome, Welcome to, to Red Square. Red Square. No commie talk, just common sense from, from a couple, couple of uncommon gingers. You got that right. <laughs> Ain't that the truth. What's on your mind, Red? Well, Red, like always, plenty. Yeah? Yeah. Well, tell me about it. Well, it's been a while. I, I gotta get back into the swing of things. I understand. We have had a bit of a hiatus, haven't yes, we? Yes, we have. Well, Life, life intervenes. What do they say? Life is what happens in between plans? In between plans. I try right. not to make plans, so what the hell is my life? Because life... I just float makes, along. Life makes plans for you sometimes. Ain't that the truth. All right, here we go. The Ohio State-Penn State game. Wait, that's coming the up, one coming up? Coming up on Saturday. Oh. And people are not happy about it. Which I can understand, because you have to... Uh, they don't want to spend a bunch of money to watch one game on streaming. I heard on the radio today, I didn't realize it was for the game coming up. I thought it was for the game that was uh, about to be played. But uh, I heard that one bar paid $3,600 just to show this game. That is ridiculous. Uh, if they're willing to pay it, how much money are they going to make that day? Okay, yeah, but... Or how much were, were they afraid to lose? Right. And how many bars are not going to pay it? That's the whole thing. Probably a bunch. Right. So... Michigan State, Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, all have to have one game on Peacock. Okay? So this has perturbed a Ohio senator. Which one? Senator Bill DeMora wants to introduce legislation Addressing this practice, he says it's unfair that people have to pay for one game. I think I heard this on the radio today, too. Yeah? That he's trying to put legislation through that these colleges, these state colleges, get funding from the Ohio government. Right. And therefore, there is a bit of jurisdiction there. Right. That, okay, hey, we're giving you guys money. We get to say a little bit about this. Right. But do you think we need legislation or even time to to foster legislation to, t to watch one game? I could see this happening in my home state of Nebraska. Okay. Well, that, that's because there, There's college no, football is everything. College football rules. Right, right. I remember when they were talking, well, it happened. They changed the broadcast from AM to FM. Uh-huh. And it angered a lot of people in central and western Nebraska because the AM signal could make it that far and they could still pick up the game and listen to it even if they couldn't watch it but FM not a chance it's right. not going 200 miles which is kind of funny now because here in Ohio the AM stations don't have strong signals and the FM stations have strong oh, signals. Oh you're crazy WTAM is like the what is it the 100,000 watt or 75,000 watt, that station, like driving from here back to Nebraska, I remember one time, like the wifey and I used to drive like in the middle of the night. We would leave at like 3.30 in the morning and start heading there because it's such a far drive. Right. And I remember listening to, uh, do you remember the old Art Bell Coast to Coast on AM? Yeah, Art I Bell. Lo I love that radio He was like program. a radical. Well, he was. He was like all about... Any unexplained stuff like aliens, 
Um, there's underground labyrinth that is ruled by lizard people. But then he also had other like more realistic things as well. But, Me, uh, like lizard people? No, like <laughs> conspiracies about the government or about... Uh, there was he had major oh why can't I think of the guy's name but this guy kept claiming he could uh see where like patches of gold were like he he kept claiming he had these extra sensory or what is it es esp yeah extra sensory perception. perception that's what it is so it was pretty fascinating um I liked Art Bell but okay so I'm saying we're driving back to Nebraska and we are in Iowa. Which is three states away. Right. And I'm flipping around through the radio stations trying to find one that will pick up the Art Bell. It was it the coast, to coast And it turned, somehow it wouldn't do it in Illinois, but we hit this spot in Iowa where the waves must have been traveling right, just right. right. And boom, okay. we're listening to WTAM again. Well, I, no, I try to listen to AM sports and I could barely get channels. Well, the. The sound quality is lesser, isn't it? Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. (laughs) All right, so let's move on. What else you got on your mind? Well, Joey Chestnut was in town. Recently. Yes. And for those of you who don't know, who's Joey Chestnut, Red? Chestnut is the all-time, we'll just call him binge eater. (laughs) Well, at this point, you have to call it competitive eater. Right. Because he's gone way beyond... Binge eating. And and actually, there is like a competitive league for eaters, I, as I read. Yes, which is bonkers. Which is bonkers. But, but I, I mean, they have a competitive cornhole league now. Right. Yeah, yeah, of course. All right, but let's get back to Joey Chestnut. Oh, yeah. All right. So, because the competitive eater. Competitive eater. The best there's ever been. So, I just wanted to talk about some of the things that he has consumed and, and the numbers. Well, I mean, it's insane. He he has won how many Nathan's hot dog eating contests? I think like ten on the Fourth of July. Right. He's breaking his own records. It's the most disgusting ten minutes you'll ever see on television. Yeah, exactly. So I'll give you some numbers. He's eaten two hundred fifty-seven donuts, those little round donut holes, donut holes in six minutes. And that's the contest he was just in. In Northeast Ohio, No, right? I think he, he, was a, he was at a pie-eating contest. Oh, I thought he was doing donuts there. No. Okay. He's eaten, well, hot, 76 hot dogs and buns in 10 minutes. Which? 76. So disgusting. It is disgusting. I love hot dogs. I love hot dogs. And I haven't eaten 76 hot dogs this year. Okay. He's eaten 121 Twinkies in six minutes. <laughs> I mean, is that like a death sentence or what? <laughs> you must that. I mean that. That's clogging arteries immediately. Oh my god, it's, it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. He's eating fifty-two cheeseburgers in ten minutes. Okay, wait a second. Now is that like a McDonald's? cheeseburger? I was gonna say. I need to know what kind of cheeseburger. Yeah, yeah. That that's a uh, that's because a, if you're only doing seventy-six hot dogs, fifty-some cheeseburgers seems like a lot more food. Did you ever hear about how these guys train, though? No. Like, I, I don't know where I saw or heard it. Maybe it was on a 4th of July before the hot dog eating contest. But most of these guys train for these contests by eating nothing all day. And then in 20 minutes, eating as much as possible. And that's their one meal for the day. 
Really? And that's how they sort of train and expand their stomach and get used to just shoveling it in. Like, that's, I don't know. That seems worse than like push-ups and running miles and all that stuff. Oh my God. How how do their bellies take it? That's what I wonder. How do their butts take it when they have to poop? But they probably throw that up, right? If they didn't, they'd have to bite down on a two-by-four so. just to take a poop. I don't think so. I think if you throw up, you're disqualified. No, I don't mean at the contest, oh, well. but rather than trying to yeah. digest all that. That's a good question. All right, so I'm going to talk about one more thing, only because I have no idea what it is. Okay, he ate this? He ate this. 54 brain tacos. Oh, my God. They're, it probably had cow brains. Cow brains. Cow okay. brains is a dish people eat. Not around here. My, have you had it back in Nebraska? I have not, thank God. But my dad and some of his friends talked about brains and eggs. Oh, that's a great breakfast, having brains and eggs. And they were dead serious about it, too. I mean, they. <laughs> I, ser- I think if you have any brains, you don't eat brains and eggs. <laughs> well, they said, I mean, you you use every bit of that animal. Yeah, I guess so. Even the brains. <laughs> <coughs> All right, what else we got, Red? Uh, oh, something. There's been a lot going on in my life lately. Uh, personal life. Like, my father's been having some health issues and had a big surgery uh, two weeks ago. And, you know, I decided I really needed to be there and headed back to... It's hard, it's hard to see your parents go through stuff. Yeah, this was a tough one. Um I, I went back to Nebraska to be there, you know, when he got out of surgery. Like the good son. Well, it, it was the right thing to do of for sure. Of course it was the right thing. And, you know, like I've always looked up to my dad a lot, and uh, I, I definitely wanted to be there for him in this. And Well, it, d- did you say he, for the first time in his life, he actually kind of indicated that he wanted you there? Yeah, usually he'll when i say hey i'm trying to get back to nebraska he'll be like well whenever you can don't you don't need to be in a hurry don't worry about me and this time when i said well i'm trying to figure out a good time to come see you he just said well anytime you want to come it'd be great and that was a clue to me that it was time to get yeah. there and uh so i made the arrangements and got there and uh you know i'm in lincoln where i went to college right i love that city wasn't like a happy time to be there, but I'm staying there with my mom and my sister. And I don't know what I was thinking, but I agreed to share a... Yes, you did. One room one with your room, mom your sister. My mom, my sister, and me. As Harvey Corman would say, kinky. <laughs> Anything but that, for sure. Oh, no, no, I, I, I know. I know. <laughs> I know, but I mean, really. That's the beauty of the English language. <laughs> yeah. It, so, we... I get there in time to see my dad as he gets out of surgery was great and he looked great and it seemed like he was feeling pretty good. So visiting hours ended at 830 and the nurses finally came in at like 855 and were like, so you guys are packing up and getting ready to go, right? So my mom and my sister and I load into the car and we head back to the motel and uh, we Walk into the room. This is like at 9 o'clock at night or something like that? Yeah, a yeah. little after 9 o'clock. Like, it's not very far. It's seriously like 10 minutes away from the hospital to this crappy motel that they found. And it was, it really, I shouldn't say crappy. It was just fine. It was clean. There was even a little indoor pool. Keyword being just here, though. Uh, it, but <laughs> there were some things about it that... Uh, yeah, 
So anyway, we, we walked uh, there in. There were thing, things about it that I know my wife would not put up with. You're probably right. <laughs> yeah. I already told you this story, so you know a little bit about this. Um, so anyway, we get there. Uh, there's two double beds and a pull-out couch, and I'm the shortest of all of us, so I'm like... I'm, You're shorter than your sister? My sister's six foot. You're kidding me. Well, I'm actually taller than my mom, but I'm not taking the bed from my mom. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, I'll be on the pull-out couch, whatever. We walk in, and my mom had had this room like the two days before. So we walk in, and as soon as we walk in, she starts pointing. My bag was right there. Where is my bag? Her, her luggage. Yes, it is not there anymore. And I'm like, oh my God, what are you talking about, mom? I put my bag right there. I know I left it there. It is not there right now. Someone stole my bag. And I was that, like, that's a that's a panicky feeling. Well, she had been through a lot. Her husband of almost fifty years, fifty years this month, right, had just had a major surgery, you know, kind of out of the blue. You know, that was it's been a lot for mom too. Right. So stress. For sure. Yeah. And trying to like Must be in in another city. Which she doesn't like the city, even though Lincoln's not really a it is right. a city. Is it for bigger the, than Cleveland? No, our, no. No, okay. No. No, not, it's probably a third the size of Cleveland. Okay, okay, so. So, anyway, I say, Mom, you've had a lot going on. Are you sure you didn't put it in the car or take it to the hospital? And she says, I know I didn't. Uh, I say, okay, what does it look like? It's a red bag, and there's a bag, like a plastic grocery bag on top. I said, what's in this? And she was like, my dirty clothes. Mom, no one's going to want to steal your dirty clothes. That There's no way someone stole your bag full of dirty clothes. Well, it also had my checkbook in it. She okay. put her checkbook with her dirty clothes? I guess. I don't know. Stuffed it all. She said, I took everything else out. I have my money. I have my wallet. I have everything else in my purse. But I just stuffed my checkbook. I thought no one would look for my checkbook in the dirty clothes. Now it's a dirty checkbook. And now, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now we're... Yeah. Trying to cash dirty check. Right, no, right. no. So I say, I guess, I guess you were, this is one time where you're going to launder your money. <laughs> oh my God. All right. You got that one in there. It's terrible, but you got I that got one it. in there. So anyway, Score! we go down to the front desk, my sister and I, cause my mom starts going into like full meltdown mode. We go down to the front desk. We ask, is she getting hysterical or just. Like, you, I know my mom, and I can tell she's, like, freaking out in right. a big way. Okay. Well, she lost her. And has lot. had a lot of stress. Like, was probably near meltdown mode anyway. So, you walk in and you see that gone. I understand it. It, it got better, though. So, we go downstairs. We ask, did a maroon bag or a red bag get turned in? No. Then my mom says, it's not red. It was turquoise. So we go downstairs and we say, did a turquoise... Because they're so close in, in hue. <laughs> we said, did a turquoise bag get turned in? And the guy behind the desk said, what color's turquoise? Oh, God. And my sister and I <laughs> sort of look at each other. And thankfully, my sister jumps in and it's like, you know, sort of blue, green. And he was like, no. Did your mom's bag get stolen? And we were like, it's not in the room. He was like, what time did she leave? I'm not cool with this. I just got out of prison and karma is a bitch. There are cameras in that hallway. I'm going to look and see who has been in and out of that room. We are going to find that bag. So when he said he just got out of prison, did you automatically like decrease your trust level? No, but looking at him, I was like, well, that kind of makes sense. You, you know, I, I hate to judge someone by the way they look, but this guy looked like he might have just gotten out of prison. Right. <laughs> so 
We don't find it. He says there's nothing back. All right, here. give me one thing that made him look like he got out of prison. Um, just tattoos, haircut, missing a tooth. Um, oh, he's he's got the trifecta. Gold. Didn't know what turquoise was. <laughs> I, like, I don't know. Okay. It, it turns out he's a really stand-up guy and a super good guy in some ways. Right. Not in every way. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I say to my mom, I'm going to check the car just in case. So I go out to the car. I look. There's a plastic grocery bag with dirty clothes in the car. And I say, Mom, you said this was on top of your bag. Right. Are you sure you didn't bring the bag? Like, maybe you took it to the hospital and didn't remember. And she's still, like, insisting, no way. I left it right there. I know I did. I left it. I talk her and my sister into going back to the hospital because it's only, like, ten minutes away just to check and see if it's in my dad's room. My sister begs her way upstairs, gets up there, and texts, it's not here. And then I'm like, oh, what the hell? So she comes back down, and at this point, I haven't had any food since, like, 1 in the afternoon. And it's It's almost 11 o'clock at night, like 10-something, 10.40 at night. And you don't do well when you don't have food. Oh, I get hangry. Yeah. So I I say, all right, Sarah, how about this? I'm going to... Well, oh, I almost left out a part. So we go back up to the room. And as we're going up to the room, there is a hockey team that has shown up for this motel. That's checking in. They're trying to check in. They're trying to see if they have enough rooms for them. And it's so tight. We're like, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, trying to get through. We leave my mom in the lobby and we say, we're going up to the room one last time, opening up every drawer, looking for everything can't find the bag we come downstairs and my mom's sitting in a chair in this super crowded room going i don't think i'd stay here like to the whole lobby full of coaches and hockey kids well they, at least they, <laughs> they stole my bag at least she didn't say get the puck out of here <laughs> <laughs> if you stay here you better not leave your bag in your room because they're gonna steal it and I so was your like, mom's popping off here oh she's hysterical and i'm like mother get outside right now you are making... What are you talking about? You are making a scene. Get outside. Let's go. So we go outside, and my sister says, You know what? Go over to the grocery store. It's seriously half a block away. Take mom with you. I will stay here. And when the when the uh, hockey team finally gets out, I'll go in and see if we can figure this out. So I go into the grocery store. I'm looking for anything I can cook in the microwave, because that's all we have in the hotel room. Right. Um, finding a few things, buy a case, or not a case, but a 12-pack of beer, because I'm like, I definitely need a beer after all this, and uh, get in the car. And as I'm getting in the car, I get a text from my sister, we found the bag. And we get back to the lobby, and the hockey team was gone. So how, how did they find the bag? Okay, so finally my sister just says, hey, has any bags been turned in by housekeeping today? And the guy says, yes, two. And he holds up the first one, and my sister says, that's her bag. The thing is, is this was not a red, maroon, or turquoise bag. This was a black bag with a green stripe on it. My mom had just completely misdescribed the bag. Right. But my sister recognized it immediately. We got it. Everything was in there. Somehow, the the guy behind the desk, the guy who said, I just got out of prison, says... Somehow my sister and him start chatting while my mom and I are at the at the grocery, uh, grocery store. store. Come, we're like on our way back, 
and he had asked my sister for her number. And she was like, no, I uh, have a ring. I'm married. He was like, that's okay. I don't mind. And then he, it, somehow she had told him he was that she had told the guy that she was a pharmacist. And he was like, I just need some Percocets. They're not for me. They're not for me. They're for my sister. And she was like, absolutely not. Right. I am not losing my license over I can't this. believe he used the, they're not for me line. Yeah, right? <laughs> so it was like, okay, we're going to check out in the morning and uh, we're never staying at this hotel again. There you go. <laughs> Amen. So that was a, that was an adventure within the adventure. Well, we'll call that a colorful episode. I don't know if that's the proper description, but we're going to go with we'll it. We'll go with it. Okay. Colorful. But you know what time it is now? The Sports Report. Okay. We got a couple of things we got to unpack here. First of all, what's up with our $240 million quarterback? I thought he was making more than that. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. That's a, a hell of a lot of money. Are you kidding me? He doesn't play. He doesn't Two play. weeks in a row. He has the same injury that Baker Mayfield had. Even though he was cleared by the doctors. Medically cleared. Right. He's not functionally able to do his job. Okay, Kevin Stefanski. What the hell does that mean? Well, I who knows? But I think they uh, you know, must have learned their lesson with Baker Mayfield. Well, putting him out there and yeah. trying to make him play. Maybe. I don't know. It's weird. It's a really weird situation, but it didn't really matter last weekend, did right. it? Right. On Sunday, well, here, we played the 49ers. And who was the quarterback? Not DTR. PJ, what was his name? PJ Walker. PJ Walker. Our third string quarterback, because the second string quarterback they used against Baltimore was horrible. Oh, DTR was terrible. Even though he looked so good in preseason. He was playing a bunch of stiffs. He was terrible. He's just too young. I think he still could be good. And we traded away Dobbs, who was our actual legit. I could second not understand that move at all. They 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 were going to try try to use an untested rookie as a backup quarterback. Well, they did. Yeah. And look what happened. And look what happened. Well, then we throw in this PJ Walker guy and beat the best team in football. Amazingly, it's all our defense. It was it was all our defense and they, and a little luck. Yeah, a lot of luck. I heard though, by the way, that the weather influenced that kick and the wind pushed it to the right i don't well the wifey and i were in the airport okay we were at a layover in atlanta were you able to watch on uh, uh, and we were like we have 40 minutes until we need to board we go to the closest place and sure enough that's on tv with the sound on because the 49ers are a popular team and we're like oh the timing is perfect so we sit down with four minutes to go and we're like, oh my God, we could win this game. Oh. And then they drive the ball down with what, a minute and oh, something? Yeah. Some sloppy tackling, too. And, oh, awful tackling. And they get it to within field goal range. And then the wifey looks at me and says, kickers miss all the time. And I was like, man, I hope so. And then we just started jumping up in the, well, we're not jumping, but pumping our fists in the air. We walked back like 10 minutes later to our gate to board, which is a bunch of people headed to Cleveland. Right. And there were dudes high-fiving each other. And I was looking at them while I was like, that was fantastic. And they were like, man, that was so great. That was arguably one of the best wins in the last five years. Oh, yeah. Easily. And it was not a Watson win. Like the new right. the new Browns, you know, we're def we have a new brand. We've got these white helmets, everything. 
And that one was done well, by P.J. Walker. And they beat the best team in football. They did. And that was amazing. The Jets upset the Eagles later that night. Yeah. Bonkers. Well, all right, real quick, because uh, we got a good one coming up in the Ginger Report okay, I, today. I gotta, I gotta, you got to talk about baseball playoffs a little. So, the headline first, okay? Good teams, goodbye. Oh, Dodgers. Dodgers. Gone. Orioles. Gone. Uh, best, didn't they have the best record yes, in baseball? Yes, And they got bounced. Who else? Who else? Uh, the top four teams. Tampa. Tampa. Gone. Gone. And one other team. But the, the teams with the best record were bounced out of the playoffs. Because of this new playoff uh, schedule, I guess we'll call it. What do you mean? Well... They they started with instead of a, a wild card game they had a wild card three game series. Oh, you, okay, yeah. I see what you mean. And is this is this series right? The divisional series is this, uh, not the divisional the, the, league, the league championship. We're in the yeah. eight. Yeah, is that a seven game series? Yes. Okay, okay. we are now to seven games. Well, because of all these games, even though we've already played 162 games, the best teams are being bounced out of the the the, the World Series running. And, and people are not happy about that. Well, why do you think that is? Because Some teams get hot at the end of the year. Well, that's the whole thing. And, and with the, the expanded playoff schedule, you have more games, and if you're hot, you have a chance to win. I.e., Texas is, is on a roll. They sure are. They're undefeated in the playoffs yes, so far. Yes, And they were horrible in, at midseason. Well, they led their division almost the entire season. And then in August and September, Houston, Houston led it for a little bit. Right. And then they ended the year tied, exactly. But Houston had the head-to-head by like four or five games. Right, so they were the division champions. But I'm always like, F Houston, those cheaters. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I don't know. Play. I love baseball playoffs. I don't always watch as much as I have been this year. Now that I'm doing some more sports betting, I'm tuning in a little right, bit more. Right, right. But I always watch the World Series. Well, it's just a shame that the, the four best teams with the best record, who logically should be in the playoffs, are out. Well, yeah, but that's the playoffs. That's right. what makes the playoffs beautiful. It, it does. Once you get in, anything it, can happen. But it, it kind of nullifies the slog of 162 games. I don't think so. Okay. I okay. feel like you do all that to get in. And once you're there, you got to keep it going. And you're right. And it's I hard think, though, because I sometimes... Think your, a, your record should count for something. Well, it does because they get first-round buys. Okay. They don't have to do in the they don't have to do those wild-card series. They get to sit back, rest everyone, get their lineup uh, together, get their uh, rotation just how they want it. Right. I. Uh, yeah, it's a grind. It's a grind. And... and, and, and they're not necessarily rewarded for their successes. Well, I I guess I I totally see what you're where you're coming from, but one last thing, who do you pick to win the World Series with only four teams left? Who okay, I, well, who do I want? Who do you have? Who do you? Th- well, let's do both. Okay, I think the Phillies will win. That's what I was just about to say. Okay. Even though I'm not a fan of the Phillies, they are just crushing it. They're they're crushing it, and why are they crushing it? Home runs, baby. Home runs. Let's get into the Ginger Report. Because this is a good one. I've been waiting to hear this one. Okay. So, Red 2 is at the helm here. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
All right, so let's let's introduce this okay. a little bit. You know, we were talking about uh, jobs, some of our first jobs, right? And we talked a little bit about the burger one with you and the working on the hog farm with me. Love the hog farm jokes. <laughs> those weren't jokes. I know that was, they were still funny. Those were true. But anyway, um, it got us talking about the stories you told me about this job you had. Not necessarily one of your first. But I think one of your coolest. It was it was uh, it was a job where, even though I didn't always follow the rules, it was a, a lot of fun, and we did a lot of good for our clients. We'll, we'll call them clients. And all right, so yeah. I work at a place uh, out in Warrensville Heights. That was a, a home for people who are mentally challenged. There were nine cottages at this place, but one was designated just for children and i got a job there with three of my friends we had a blast so you and three buddies all get this job where you're working with kids who have uh well these kids they have disabilities on top of the fact they were nonverbal. oh all the kids were nonverbal. really which played into our little mischievousness <laughs> we'll talk about it in a moment so when i got there there was this This cottage was in in the middle of the complex, and the people who worked there had they had all the doors were locked so the kids couldn't get out, and there was a fenced-in yard behind it. And the people who worked there would take the kids out in the fenced-in yard, and just let them be outside. Now these are kids who don't know how to play with each other, don't have language. Yeah, they're not communicating verbally. Right, but they still communicate on some level, but not with each other. Really? These were 12 kids who didn't really interact with each other. Huh, okay. Unless sometimes there was kind of some kind of aggressive response, and we'll talk about that in a moment. <coughs> Excuse me. So, the first thing we did was, when we got there, was we said, okay, we're taking these kids for a walk every day. We'd get there at 3, take them for a walk. There was a big woods behind this, this complex, and we'd walk up there. And you were like, no more are we treating these kids like they're not allowed to leave the property. Like caged animals. Yeah, that's, yeah, I mean. Yeah. And we were young. That, I mean, we were, we were 20 and 21. We had the energy. We had. You were like, we're doing this. We're doing this. So, unfortunately, we didn't always follow the law. <laughs> <laughs> so, we took these kids, these nonverbal kids, up to the woods before their dinner time. We got high. What, like smoke joints or something? Smoke joints up there. <laughs> All right, because you were like, these kids can't tell these on kids us. Could, could say oh a word. <laughs> That's, you're like, hey, all right, I'm going to let you okay. tell the story. No, you can say it. <laughs> you're just like, all right, we're going to take them out. We want to get them out of this prison. Right. But we're also going to get high while we're doing right. it. Right. <laughs> and when you're 20 years old, that's what you do. It sort of made sense. Yeah, yeah. Oh, too funny. So then we'd go back and eat the state food after getting high. Oh, like they got served like cafeteria stuff? Uh, more like they had cooks come in and prepare the food. Oh, okay. Because these kids lived there and they never left. By the way, wait, these kids never were visited by family. That's what I was just about to ask. If they lived there, were people visiting them on a regular never. basis? Never. Maybe once or twice in the year and a half that I worked there. Oh, my goodness. It was, it was a pretty sad situation. And there were, they were 12 wards of kids? the state. Yes. Of all varying ages, 
and abilities. Okay. But none of them could talk. Well, one kid could talk. We'll call him Michael L. Michael L. was echolalic. Let's just call him Michael. Okay. Michael. <laughs> no, now I'm calling him Michael L. <laughs> just to spite you. So, Michael L. was echolalic, meaning he could, he could repeat what you say. Hi, Michael Lewis. Hi, Michael Lewis. That's okay. how he talked. It was always like that low, guttural sound. But for the most part, they couldn't talk. So not only did we take them for walks every day, we took them to the pool, we took them to the gym, we took them, well, here's another illegal activity. So, all right, they went from just staying only on this property. In a, in a fenced-in area. Which is so just kind of weird. Well, because they, they... But they... People... These are people who, who work for the state They full-time. didn't have staff who no. was willing to do anything. Who was young. And you guys got there and were like, all right, these kids deserve better? Is right. that what you were thinking? Or were you like, it'll just be more fun? Let's just go out and do it. <laughs> I mean, you, you're 20 years old. You're not going to sit around in a yard. But it's because you want to... Okay. But it was good for the kids. Why? All right. <laughs> it was like, I can't stay here all day. Right. <laughs> So I thought you were being all altruistic and like, oh, we there's equal parts for of the children, right? For the children. So I okay. bought these ice cream sandwiches <laughs> for the children. I'll have a couple. Exactly. <laughs> so then I told the people at this emporium that I could drive a bus. Like it was one of those short buses. Okay. Okay. And you just told them. I that. just told them I could. You need like a CDL or a C something. What's the license? CDL, yeah. yeah Certified C- driver's license. Right. right. Well, I need that. Yeah. you have to like go through tests and take right. drug tests, right, right. which it doesn't sound like you would have passed at the time. <laughs> yeah. So every night I would get the bus, load the kids on the bus, and we would drive places. Wherever we wanted. <laughs> Bedford Reservation, the geodesic dome way out on 306. Like take them to Metro Park. Every, and- yes. And just let them run around. So, did they seem happier? Uh, they were less rambunctious. So, but here's the thing: these kids had no boundaries because they knew they didn't have rules because they didn't have the language to understand rules. So, like social skills were next to none. Right, interactive social skills. Well, that's what I mean. All right. So one time we go to this reserve. I think it was Bedford Reservation, and this one kid figured out how to open the back door of the bus while I'm parking it. Okay, that's probably not a good thing. Before I knew it, he opened the back door, and all these kids ran off the bus. <laughs> well, we were trying to get off the bus, and you were still rolling the joint. No, no, we were <laughs> I'm rolling just the joking. Joint. I'm joking. So, so there was this family there with a having a picnic, probably about ten people eating all this food. Well, these kids, I mean, they they were given food all the time, so they didn't understand what was yours and what was not yours. They swarmed this family. And just grabbed all their food. No. <laughs> yes. How did you explain that <laughs> we, away? We had to say, I'm sorry. Because there were like four of us, you know, monitoring the kids. I'm sorry. They don't have language. They're, they're wards of the state. We didn't know they could jump off the back right, of the bus. Right. Got them back on the bus and took off. <laughs> <laughs> like, but that poor family. I mean, they've got a story for the rest of their life. Yes, they do. <laughs> oh my god because I love the story you just told me I wonder what their perspective was <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to talk about this one kid well first I'm going to go back to Michael Lewis okay Okay. Michael who? Lewis oh. my- 
Yeah, Michael L. How about we just go with Michael? Good idea. Wish I'd come up with that. <laughs> so, we, we when you work in a a, a a a a group home like that, a lot of times you just get free tickets to anything. People just give the sure. donate the tickets. So they yeah. gave us tickets to the circus, which was down at Public Hall downtown. Okay. Okay. So once again, I get on the bus. And where's this place located? I know you said it. Where was it? Out in Warrensville. Warrensville. Okay. okay. So southeast suburb. Yeah, southeast, right. So we get all the kids on the bus, get downtown, we park the bus. That's probably a good half hour drive. Oh, yeah. Easily. 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 But we, we we had been driving them all over Kingdom. You're Kingdom. like, this yeah, is nothing. This is nothing. And, and, you know, when you're 20, you're just, I'll do it. You know? <laughs> it's all worked out it's so more like, far. It's more like, watch this. <laughs> So we get downtown, we park the bus, there's like four chaperones, they're walking the kids into public hall, and it's like dark down there, especially inside. We get to the entrance with our tickets, and Michael is missing. You're like, wait a second. So we have 11 kids, not 12. Billy says, I'll try to find him. You get the kids sitting down. Yeah. So of course, the seats we got were way, way Well, they up only top. give away yeah. the nosebleed right. next to the ceiling. They were nosebleed seats. We got the kids. It was really dark. We got them all settled down. Billy comes back and says, I can't find him. Oh. And, and now we're like. Did your stomach just drop? Oh, my God. All of us were like, what are we going to do? We, we lost a kid. Like, you know, that's serious business. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, about ten minutes later, Michael—I don't know how he got in—got in the place, found us in our nosebleed seats, walks up with two bags of popcorn. What? <laughs> okay, wait. I need to back up a second. Okay. So, this nonverbal child walks in without a ticket. Right. Sh- finds you guys. I'm sure he just walked up to somebody and grabbed their food. And just, I was going to say, <laughs> he didn't have money, did he? No. So they, he just, they had no idea what money was. <laughs> so he just walks in, steals two bags of popcorn, and walks it, away with it. And then finds us. How is that in possible? In this cavernous hall. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it was great. We, you we were, must have been, like, so relieved. We were so relieved. You were like, we're about to not only be fired, but charged with crimes. Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, and we don't even want to start on what, what we did wrong to get there. Right? <laughs> so I got to talk about this kid, Raymond. Raymond. Raymond was 12 years old. He had some disease. He couldn't talk. He, in fact, Raymond had one word. What? Okay. What? That's, that's all he so said. So he was a curious one. Yes, but he was a physical specimen. He had this body that was so muscular, and Raymond could do anything. We would take him to the gym. You know, uh, they don't have these anymore in gyms. But remember when we were kids, they would have the ropes you'd climb to the ceiling? Sure, yeah. Okay, those big, thick ropes. Oh, and you'd yeah. have to shit him. That was a big part of uh, gym class. I love that. Raymond would go up, not use his legs at all, just climb up like this really quickly, then get up there, wrap his legs around the rope, and swing back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys is... didn't panic about no, this? No, well, he's up there. And finally, I, you know, like... We just, there's nothing we can do. But it was, I mean, imagine that in 2023. Oh my God. Not a prayer. Lawsuit. No way. Lawsuit. 
So and he'd be he, up there. Not even if he fell, just a lawsuit that you let him do that. And he'd be, but he, he wouldn't even be holding on with his hands. He'd be up there swinging. Oh my god! Going what, 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 and then he, pointing. He was, so like he was I go, probably loving it. Oh my god, he was he was great. But I like it was time to go back for dinner. And I had to climb up the rope and get him down, pulling on his leg. To, no, I go, Raymond, get down here. He was like, I, to I come down. To the ground. He goes. What? What? And just starts pointing. <laughs> like, I'm not doing that. But we finally got him. He was flying, man. He was flying. He probably felt so cool. So, Raymond had this disease. I don't know what it was anymore, but he had these, like, his face was all full of, like, uh, skin tags. Okay? Okay. And the, I guess the same thing was on his brain. It, it, it kind of, uh, it would swell up and he'd lose uh, self-control. So, Raymond would sit there. In a chair, go back and forth, back and forth, find a piece of string, and sit there and go, <sighs> and rock in a chair for hours at a time. Just That's blowing on a piece self, of string? Self-stimulation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But the problem was, sometimes he'd, like, he'd see a piece of string across the room, and it didn't matter if somebody was sitting in a chair or anything. He would run into that chair, knock him over, and get the string and go back to his seat. Okay. So, so, so he, he got a little obsessive <coughs> with that. Yeah. And eventually... We had to go to meetings, and they wanted to put him on medication, and I fought really hard not to put him on medication, but I lost. And it was so sad to see Did it him. actually help him? Oh, it just calmed him down. Was so that... Here's this kid who could run for hours, would just sit in a chair and do nothing. It was, re- it was very sad. So that part, yeah, you were like, dang. So I taught But he him- was easier to control. For the other people, not exactly. for me. Well, that's what I yeah. mean. I mean, again... I'm 20 you were years 20. Old. You'd convince someone you could drive a bus. Right. <laughs> You're taking kids to the carnival. I can take this kid. So I taught him to swim underwater. <laughs> this is still Ray. This is still Ray. I love okay? this. And he would he could swim the whole length of the pool. But the best thing. How I, old was this kid? 12. He must have been so athletic. Uh, it was unbelievable how athletic he was. So <clears throat> he would often just go. He would shake his head back and forth and go, ooh, 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 back and forth, back and forth. So over the period of about four months. When he was like super excited about something? Just, or just that's just what kind of randomly? Yeah. Don't you wonder like what in, is going on in his head that makes him. He must have had a, a brain he, of like a three-year-old. Or maybe he didn't and he just couldn't communicate it. And it was making him so frustrated. Crazy. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what... I don't know. No one knows. Right. But I, right. I often think about that. So anyways, so he'd make this noise. So over the period of about three months, I taught him to make the peace sign with his right hand. Yeah. The next three months, I taught him to make the peace sign with his left hand. Okay. Okay. Then it, he'd... Put it, then I taught him to put it up by his head. And when he'd go through this fit where he'd go, ooh, ooh, I'd have him make the peace sign with that. And I did that because at the time, Richard Nixon would do that. <laughs> <laughs> would do that with You his... did that purely for your own <laughs> yes, entertainment? Yes. Red! Oh my God, I did not know these things It about was you. hilarious. <laughs> it is. Were you exploiting a child? Yes! Yes. <laughs> and we'll get to bit that in a But bit. at the same time, you're like, I like this kid. I'm looking out for this kid. I'm paying attention to this kid. Exactly. Okay. I think it's funny. So I got I got one more <laughs> questionable story. Uh, I am not a crook. No way. Wait. 
So there's no cell phones for you to record that. No, that God, that no, can't no. go viral. The age of anonymity, right there. Right. You might have been arrested, but it might have gone viral, and you'd be. So we had this one girl. Famous. There was two sides <laughs> of the cottage, and she was on the other side of the cottage, and they were older kids, and she had a few sentences she could say, and she would ask you at least 500 times a day, "Hi, how are you?" Okay. Fine. That was her answer. 500 times a day. Hi, how are you? Fine. And after about six months, I could not take it anymore. I could not hear one more fine. So I taught her a new word. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. It, well, that being able to do that's kind of cool when uh, someone's so caught in that track and you're able to expand their, yeah, yeah. just a little bit of, but what was the so word? You wanna, you, oh, that, you I know something's coming. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Lousy. Oh, my red. Lord. Okay, so I, I'm gonna. Wrap. No wonder you're bald. All these things you did made you lose your hair. I'm gonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna wrap this up in in that. I know the things that I did were not always. Are you kidding me? The things that you did to hang out with these kids and make them feel like real people, at least for while you were there. Th- and that was it. That and we to gave me, these. I'm kids. giving you a hard time, but I mean. Compared to As the you way should. they were yes. treating, being or neglected. Treated. Well, that's the thing. So words we, of the state, and that's and that's what we did. We provided these kids with social outlets, things to do for about a year and a half. The three of us, the four of us, and we gave them a sense of home. We had them feeling like they belonged somewhere, right? Okay, like and they, someone and, was looking out. for And their them. behaviors decreased. They would go up and down. But this, sure. I'm going to go with this one last kid. His name was Bobby. Just Bobby. Bobby always, when we first got, had to wear a helmet because he would beat himself. And he would just pound his face. And his face was swollen. Oh, jeez. And then you'd have to time him out, get him on the ground, stop this, blah, Like blah, physically blah. restrain oh, yeah, yeah. him. But so he, he was a tiny kid. He was maybe three feet tall. Okay. But he, he beat the crap out of himself. And it was so sad. Yeah. But the time we were there... The time, especially like the last four or five months, he literally stopped hitting himself. And then for a while there, he quit wearing the helmet. Right? Okay. So you're like, we are doing something. We are doing something. And I know that what we did wasn't always It wasn't always PC. 100% by the book. Right. Or even legal for something. <laughs> But it wasn't like you were you had you didn't have ill intention. You weren't exploiting these kids. I no, was joking no. around. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe the Nixon thing. <laughs> okay. But anyways, the, my point is that for that time, these kids felt like they had a home, and they we were a constant in their life. Right. And they did things. Exactly. Before you guys, they just stayed there. They never left that property. Right. right. So, so I got to tell you one more story. I'm down. The last one. And Let's you know. I mean, this, this we can make this the longest podcast episode ever because I love these stories. Well, this is the last one. Then we'll wrap it up. This place where I worked was across the street from a school. And when I graduated, I went and worked with these kids before I got my teaching job. Graduated from high school. From college. Okay. That's from what college. I, I okay. wanted to just Thank make you. sure people knew. So I worked in the, with the, I worked, I like subbed with all these different levels of kids. And, uh, you with, said that three t- stories ago. It, it was called non-ambulatory. These kids were in, in wheelchairs. A lot of times they didn't even wake up. They were just, and, and the people would try to 
stimulate them somehow. This one girl was sleeping all the time and she just wake up and say things. And I worked with these three women who were just great and, and I really admired them for doing what they did. So I would work with this one girl and I taught her a new word when she'd wake up. This seems like a recurring theme. <laughs> yeah. She'd wake up. She'd be out for like hours and then she'd wake up and she'd go, Oil of Olay? Oil of Olay. Oil of Olay. What the hell? It's a soap. I know what it is. I've seen commercials. So and this is the thing about that. Her mother came up to me and said, thank you. Thank you for, for doing Teaching this. her something. Yes. What it, did she used to say? Whatever she was ever. I can't remember. That you was, son of a bitch. That was 30 years ago. 40 years ago. But. Oh, Red. I mean, we'll revisit this again probably. I'm sure there's more stories. Those are the good ones. Those are the good ones. Well, I love it. So this has been another fantastic episode of Red Red Squared. Squared.